Everybody, you're listening to a Retro Encounter bonus round episode. I'm Robert Fenner, and joining me today are Alana Hayes. Hey guys. Peter Treisenberg. Hello. Dom Kim. Hello. And Krista Bauer. Hello, hello. So the topic of this week's bonus round is our first RPG. The first <laughs> role-playing game any of us have uh, played or well, not necessarily played. Maybe the first that brought us, made us RPG fans. Um, now, this is actually the second time that we're recording this. Um, a software <laughs> uh, software malfunction caused a bit of a podcast party wipe. Uh, but um, we've we've respect. Uh, we've gone back to the guild. We've hired uh, Chris and Dom on to round out our team, and uh, we're ready to tackle this uh, arduous uh, arduous multi leg dungeon again. <laughs> But, um, I'm Chris, the white mage. Our... We're totally good. <laughs> yes. Okay, Chris, Chris is the white mage. Is, that make, is, is Dom like extra DPS or? <laughs> Glass cannon. All right. Yep. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll be the bard. <laughs> I'll be the rogue. I always, I always play the rogue. <laughs> oh, so that means I'm tank. Go get him, lady. Hey. Ooh. We need someone to take lead. Exactly. Well, all right, Alana, take point. I'll throw to you first. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Tell me about your first RPG. <laughs> um, so I, I think like a lot of people, I started off with Pokemon, but I started with a small kind of generation of PlayStation One slash PlayStation Two RPGs. So um, I'm going to talk about the PS2 RPG because the PS2 was kind of the first console I really, really got into role playing games and such. So. Uh, my first RPG roundabouts was a little game called Dark Cloud, which was a release title, I believe, for the PS1 by Level 5. And Dark Cloud's not very like most of the other RPGs that I grew up and played. So it's a bit of a dungeon crawler. It's a bit it's a bit frustrating. It's a little bit dangerous. It's got breaking weapons in it, but it's fine. <laughs> and it's very, very clunky. And you can get it on PSN right now on PS4, yeah. so... And the sequel. Yes. Uh, the sequel I haven't finished, but I know it's much, much longer. But basically, you are a kid who gets chosen to save the world, and he gets this little gem, and he goes around and rebuilds villages, and then wanders dungeons to collect all of the broken village parts. So it's part, like, builder, part, like, dungeon crawler RPG. But it's it's not aged particularly well, I think, being nice about it. So it's quite slow and it almost works on like an axis point whereas you can run around but once you're locked onto something you kind of can only go backwards forwards left and right and the melee characters are all useless and the range characters are all overpowered so and just it's quite weird going back to play it almost it must have been out 15 16 years ago now and playing yeah. it yeah it came out when i was in high school yeah, yeah. so it came up with the ps1 when it came out here anyway in yeah. europe so remember it what, was 
Remember when, when they announced Dark Cloud? It was like they wanted it to be a Zelda killer. Oh, God. They did, didn't they? <laughs> they really yeah. did. It was Razor yeah. made Zelda. <laughs> it's nothing like Zelda, so that was a terrible <laughs> idea. But it had the Link-like guy on the on the cover, and that was, that oh, was, that was the big part. He yeah. was... He wears green, therefore they must yep. be the same. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he has a green hat and pointy ears. It must be Link. He look, he He's got a, a little, sword. A little Akira Toriyama to me. He reminded me of the guy in green <laughs> from Tabal number one. <laughs> he does. He does Good look a little. Like... <laughs> but there's an importantly, there is a cat. So you know, there's a cat person. Yes, <laughs> this is important. It is important. Xiao was amazing, and it's broken because she has. Like rapid fire slingshots, and you can get an ability which means her weapon doesn't break as fast. So, like, she can take like five shots and not lose any damage on her weapon. And it's like, okay, this is fun. So, we'll just walk around and slingshot things. But, um, it's a nifty little RPG, I think. I think it's a difficult one to recommend nowadays, but hmm. I like it. I think Dark Chronicle is it's called here. I think it's called Dark Cloud 2 in America anyway. So, um, is a yeah. lot more yes. refined and a lot better from what I've heard, but it's also like four times as long, maybe. So it's, I think yeah, I would. It's, it's really pretty, but that length is really daunting. I, I think you don't even get into the town building stuff until several hours in, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah, I remember it's about twenty hours. But it's associated. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, but. It's really nice. So you get to rebuild all of these villages. There's a specific way you can do it. So you have to talk to villagers and they'll recommend like, oh, can you put me near a lake so I can go fishing? And I like that because when I was that age, I was just building houses on the Sims and things like that. And it was just kind of a sad little thing that I like to do instead of going and kill all of the zombies and the kind of walking and the space fish, of course. There, There is a dungeon on the moon. Uh. <laughs> Fantasy four inspiration. Yeah, but it's definitely it's definitely not aged very well, I would say. Um, but it was a nice little introduction, especially because it's not as there's not really many other games like Dark Cloud anymore. I would say, or if there is, then somebody tell me because I'm always up for trying other things. I, I wonder if like the nearest uh, comparison um, of, of a modern game would be Dragon Quest Builders, which you know yeah. it's the sort of town um it's quest based town building and you know running around and uh building things as according to your townsfolk spec to keep them happy oh yeah see dragon quest builders has surprised everybody by being as good as it is so i would definitely be up for that i think it's probably Probably more playable than uh, Dark Cloud would be um, nowadays. <laughs> yeah, building aspects are a lot more interesting, and the world is a lot more colorful than Dark Cloud. Dragon Quest Builders wishes it had a lock on. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the oh, combat man. in that game is really an afterthought. Oh, dear. But fortunately, it's... Well, actually, there is a, there is quite a bit of it, but there's no... Um, you know, there's, there's no roguelike random dungeons. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure that was yeah. part of Dark Cloud, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every floor is randomized every time you go in. The only floors yeah. that aren't are like the middle floor and the boss floor, obviously. So every other floor is randomized, and all the chests are randomized. Hmm. I think it was kind of before the genre of the console roguelike started to take off in America. So I wonder if that uh, harmed Dark Cloud's reputation. But I mean, it seems like it 
you know, it, it enjoyed a modest success. It was a bit of a cult hit, if I remember. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Early hit. I mean, as Caitlin, I mean, you said it, Elana, you nailed it. It's just friggin' first mm-hmm. RPG on PS2. I mean, I remember <laughs> it was like that or Wait for the Bouncer. Oh, God. You always pick yep. up Eternal Ring. No. Oh, I tell you another one that I had that was dreadful. <laughs> See, this has got me. Ephemeral Fantasia. Oh, oh the one that supported oh, wow. the, um, the Guitar Freaks guitar. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to play oh. that, and I never did. Oh, my God. I forgot that there was a thing. <laughs> we actually rebought a copy about five years ago and remembered why we hadn't finished it the first time. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Yeah. There was a couple of special unique RPGs to start the PS2 off, so... It's a nice, interesting place to start, and it's nice to see where it progressed as well. So yeah, I think right. the PS2 is kind of everyone's go-to RPG console. The PS1 and the PS2 are good places to start with most games, really, I think, in that oh. genre. Yeah, I mean, few other consoles have a library that's comparable to the PS2, I'd say. Yeah, the, the breadth Maybe, was pretty amazing. Yeah, and probably the SNES is the only other one that's oh. got consistency and quality. I would say definitely for the hallmarks of, of what people love. But, I mean, when you talk about just volume of games that were printed on CDs for those first two PlayStations, it's just nuts. Yeah. But, no, Dark Cloud's an interesting one, and I think if you want to go back and see where the PS2 started, then it's a good place to go. And it was a lot of fun when I played it, and a lot of fun when I replayed it last year. So I think it's definitely worth going back to see. Thankfully, the yeah. old hardware is uh, not required, thanks to the PSN. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. Earn trophies. Play PS2 games. (laughs) I really wish more games would take take advantage of that service. Oh, definitely. PS2 and PS4 is like so much better than the PS2 classics on PS3. Yeah. Yeah, I've only, you know, really tried out um, (laughs) Digital Devil Saga, which is terrible. and um, and Which was broken? Yeah, completely broken. (laughs) Um, Persona oh, 3 Fez seems to run alright but yeah. I've only got those two people love yeah. that I, I remember I remember Fez, Fez Fez needed to get patched when it first came out though so like oh, yeah. there may have been oh really yeah like I don't know what it is I think just the emulator they run using on PS3 or whatever but the PS2 classics I've not had good experience with whereas PS2 on PS4 is like this is an HD and it has trophies <laughs> and it's it's great <laughs> so yeah I wish more games would would come to it to it because it's it's fun. Yeah. Atlas, Atlas, when? <laughs> oh. yeah, right. Give me Nocturne with trophies. Oh, oh, oh don't tell me. <laughs> Jeez, lose another fifty hours. Have fun. You beat, you beat Matador. You get the platinum automatically. <laughs> Just as a gift, <laughs> gift for your server. You've done it. You can stop playing now. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. If you've made it this far, you're probably good. <laughs> yeah, that was a stopping point for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Okay, um, Dom, uh, let's hear yeah. from you. Tell me about um, your uh, your first RPG that really turned you on to uh, onto the genre. Uh, yeah, well, sure. I mean, since I'm considerably younger than most of you guys, um, <laughs> I started out on the PS3, actually, and. Uh, Nice. I mean, I, good first time, time to start. Yeah, I mean, the first game that really sort of like wowed me was Oblivion. I, I mm-hmm. remember just like playing playing it at a friend's house, and he had this like janky build going where he could like jump over mountains and stuff, and it was crazy. Yes. It was really funny, but 
So right. yeah, so Bethesda was my starting point, and uh, next next up was Fallout Three, of course. <laughs> I yeah, that was a game yeah. I sunk a lot of hours into. <laughs> Admittedly, like game. not a, yeah, not on my system because I always played it over at a friend's house. But yeah, that was a that was a game I sunk a lot lot of hours into, and um. Yeah, but the first game that I really owned to owned and played a lot was Borderlands, which mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, I was like back to back years of just wasting my hours on the PS3 <laughs> in various places. But yeah, uh, Borderlands on the PS3 was kind of amazing just because it was it was just crazy. Like the devs just like honestly just like there was like no sense of restraint. On like any of the design elements at all, and it was just yeah. I mean that was like yeah, that was like my first really like the first RPG that I owned that I sunk a ton ton of hours into. So, mm-hmm. what was you your know? first class? Uh, I think I went Mordecai first because uh, oh, nice. I looked up. Is that the one with the bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like there was a YouTuber that I used to watch a lot. And I used to watch his Borderlands walkthroughs as well. And he played Mordecai. So I just picked Mordecai as well when I first started. Bird's a cutie. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was right with Glass Cannon. Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I went full YOLO mode with Zero in Borderlands 2 as well. So it's just the best. Yeah. <laughs> Go around and be like a crazy ninja. It's fun. Speaking haiku. It's awesome. Just have random emoticons on your face when you're like driving and stuff. The small, the small details. Yeah, Borderlands was a really fun one. I, I remember when that came out, I was shocked by how long I kept playing that game and playing it yeah. with people who would come over and start a new character and just go from the beginning just because it was just a fun place to just always look. You know, it's the, it's the loot model, always yeah. waiting for that next gun. So yeah, it's always easy to jump in for twenty minutes to an hour to just be like, oh, I'll find something. Yeah, that feels. Good. I think that I think that really like flicked the switch for me as well because Borderlands also has like a lot of grinding for like end game gear. Oh yeah. For like guns and stuff, and like ever since Borderlands, I've like gotten into a lot of games that just require like like a stupid Endgame. amount of hours for grinding. And totally. It's just, <laughs> and like I don't understand why I do it. Because, like, at some point, I just find the game starts to, like, become unfun. But up until that point, I'm just, like, just, like, farming away at levels for hours and hours. There's a lot of pleasure to be had from the gameplay loop. And, uh, yeah. Watching your number yeah. go up by one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you can love the grind, I mean, you can get through a lot yeah. of stuff. But, like, yeah. I mean, one of the problems that I also had, though, was, like, um, like once you got through with the grind and you had, like, the best gear possible. There weren't a lot of games that I really uh, thought had, like, good endgame, sort of where you can, like, test your character's, like, limits and stuff. Right. Borderlands 1, I mean, Borderlands 1 kind of had that with their raid boss and stuff, but, like, in other in, like other games that aren't necessarily RPGs, but right. they're, like, sort of emulate, like, the grinding formula. It's just, like, yeah, I don't feel like they have a... They don't have, they don't have really good, like, endgames. Mm-hmm. You can really test your character out. So, yeah. Just, like, playing for the extrinsic value, I guess, of, like, just getting the gear rather than playing for, like, the whatever, like, end game loop there is. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, the new game plus was hard as hell for Borderlands. I remember that much. Oh yeah. yeah. Starting over and just being like, oh yeah, this is this is impossible. They can two shot me again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's one thing I think Borderlands did exceptionally well as well. Like, yeah. yeah they the kept you. Boss. They kept you in there. Yeah. Well, Although I think Borderlands Two went a little bit overboard in that department. <laughs> yeah, like, so went... I've heard. I haven't checked it out for myself yet. But, um... Yeah, I mean they had like you have the maximum level cap, and then beyond that you can like you can give your character overpower levels, and that is a real grind. That is, you can overpower your character eight times, and each time you have to go through the same like raid level, and that is just awful. <laughs> <laughs> tippy top maxed out like I, like I tried it with a save editor and I still couldn't do it it's like Jesus. ridiculous hard <laughs> it's like some oh deep on levels of uh, grinding up your character yeah <laughs> oh, it's crazy <laughs> I'm getting to I'm getting to level 72 which is the cap that's, that's fun hmm. then just going through wow. the same raid eight times <laughs> yeah it's a labor Dick. of love at that point huh yeah and like each and like each raid takes an hour. Like going through the level takes like progressively longer as well because like it gets longer, and they just spam boss enemies. So it's like trying sounds to like, just like yeah. Sounds like an MMO story. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it does drive the fact to get yeah, the best like gear. you don't you don't even get any like loot for your rewards. Just, yeah, See, you just brutal. have to like it's like you you have to farm outside of that area for your best guns. And then you have to go back and then hopefully make it through in one go. Because if you die, it's just over. <laughs> no trick yeah. points. Ah, very, uh, very Final oh. Fantasy 3 there. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter and I were talking about uh, the uh, the last time that we record, well failed to record this. Uh, that whole end stretch of that game is like three dungeons with no save points. Oh, God. And, uh, back <laughs> to the title screen horrible. for you when you die. <laughs> really? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that game God really help me mean. if it didn't... I finished it, but oh my god, that 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 is a pain. Was it worth the journey? <laughs> Questionable. Okay, good to know. At the where time, I, I hadn't played that much Final Fantasy, so. I mean, I feel a great amount of sadness when I look at the hours I put into the game. <laughs> once I once I started the dungeon, pretty sure I spent like twenty hours just. <laughs> On that raid. Trying to get through. Yeah. yeah just oh, wow. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> Jeez. Hey, they're important choices. We make them. We do. Well, Don, <laughs> a lot of your games are still very contemporary and um, celebrated and uh, even widely played. Uh, however, Oblivion is a little bit more divisive. I've heard, uh, I've heard lots of people flip-flop on their opinions uh, of Oblivion, particularly after Skyrim came out. But um, how about you? Would you say that it holds up and is worth uh, worth having a look at? I mean, I think it's. I mean, technically speaking, it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> well, like right now, like yeah, you like even for like Bethesda standards, it was like absolutely It was like like really bad. It was like I thought Skyrim on. I thought Skyrim on release was bad, but then I replayed Oblivion and it's like no, this is another level. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is like a, they need like an Oblivion tier for just like how buggy this game was. But just in terms of like what you can do and like the gameplay that is offered is I think it's definitely worth a look. I mean, I think mm. it's aged well. And you can like if you 
If you want to, you can jump over mountains. I mean, like, that's like that's like the, that's like the kind of jankiness that I I love seeing. Sort of in like these sort of RPG games. Like, how far can you just can you just take an aspect of your character? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oblivion I, has no punches there. It's probably been about a decade since I last played Oblivion. Um, I I ended up getting it when I got my 360. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's definitely worth a look. I'd say maybe any Elder Scrolls game that came after Daggerfall is still worth a look. I mean, you know, Morrowind is Morrowind pretty is still a huge one for people. Weird and cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I yeah, um, Oblivion definitely is. I, I I would agree with you. I think it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, Jank yeah. and all, I think that's you know that's some of the charm, really. Yeah. Especially if you get I a like... Game of the Year edition, go to the Shimmering Isles. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as long as you can just deal with the fact that it's not that it, that it's aged, it's clearly aged. So yeah, as long as you sure. can just deal with that, it's fine. I think yeah. it's a great game. The, the first time I saw the game, I was like you. I was at a friend's house, and um, it was that the town with the uh, with the elf who sings the song about cliff racers, and um, uh, the, my friend was just punching that guy out every time he sang, yeah. which, uh, which was a delight to see. It'd be a little bit cruel, but 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 apt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> get it coming. Yeah, exactly. Screw that guy. He knew. <laughs> Peter, we haven't heard from you in a little while, so uh, by all means, tell us all it about your time. first game. Well, we we already mentioned um, uh, Final Fantasy three on DS. That was probably the first um, FF game I actually beat. Oh um, wow! That's. Yeah, <laughs> is an endurance test but um to be fair i don't i hadn't finished any other game in the series by that point so maybe my i just i had lower standards i don't know but um <laughs> or you were just um, dedicated to get that first one. Oh, it was it took it took it took some doing but um my origin story as it were kind of goes a little back to um our early PS2 days again. We're gonna go, and um, uh, I was, and it was, involves Final Fantasy X, um, which I think I've told the story on the, the FF10 podcast. Um, I, I and it's still one of my favorite games. But um, when I was at a friend's house, um, and he was pl- he was playing uh, he was playing this game, and like I don't I didn't know what game it was, and it's like, and he, I'm looking I'm looking, it's like oh it's Final Fantasy. And he's he was on the the um the first Seymour fight, the one where he summons Anima, and he just got steamrolled. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. But um, so like you know, that kind of left an impression where it's like, oh yeah, this giant terrifying mummy thing in chains just came out of the ground and like just completely wrecked him. Um, but. I hadn't really like for someone who kind of like was weaned on like just Nintendo Nintendo games like Mario and stuff like um, Final Fantasy was just kind of this whole other territory for me like wow that this game has a story and these characters it's like it's dramatic and um, he also would he also would play the uh, the first Kingdom Hearts um, same same deal where I was just kind of like where I was just like this is something I'm totally not used to but I'm I'm digging it. Um, Although then, then later on, I found out the library at my at my elementary school. I was thinking it was in second grade at the time. 
they had the um, they had the strategy guides at my at my school's library, oh, so I picked those up. <laughs> Good school. Do a book. Report. Yeah, no, it was. That's my kind of library. It was. It was. It was sweet. I don't know. I don't know why they would have these at like. It was just a yeah, just a elementary school. But seems kind of inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were there, and I and I so I flipped through that and was just looking at the artwork and like Final Fantasy X still has like my favorite cover art in the whole series. So like, oh yeah, it's great. super striking image. Um, with like Tita standing like in the water. Kind of looking up, and it's. Oh yeah, because you guys got the Tidus one, didn't you? You didn't yeah. just get the plain white. <coughs> yeah, yeah, right. Sort of the Japanese covers over here in the UK with just the white yeah, background we... with the logo, which I think is a little yeah. bit more striking, personally. Yeah, I did I... that with fifteen. I did the reverse cover, so it's yeah, black with just the logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pers- yeah, and like personally speaking, like yeah, looking, I think I think that actually is better nowadays, but like I think. There's a that's a whole interesting thing where it's like American game covers like they tend to focus more on the protagonist. Hmm. Like, yeah, I do. I find them to be. I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about when I see these, um, you know, Western box art that has you know the CG renders of the characters front and center uh, instead of you know a you know piece of bespoke art to you know be the game's title yeah. card. Like the eco cover, the always famous. That's, that's so good. Dude in horns versus yeah. the beautiful Leger type. <laughs> we we got oil. the latter here in the UK. Yeah, we did. But uh, the uh, the tulip cover as well. Um, the the Western cover for that has just like models of all the characters in a line. But uh, the the Japanese cover has like this beautiful watercolor scene of the protagonist sitting on top of a smokestack overlooking the town at sunset. That's that's one of my favorite covers, I think. Mm. But you're yeah, not allowed really to have it. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> Even games that aren't, aren't, aren't out yet, like um, Nier Automata, they've already said it's going to have reversible cover art, which is oh, good, because nice. the Western cover art is not very good. <laughs> Aww. But, um... Uh, FF15, same... I, I don't... I think... It, cover is fine but yeah it's yeah. okay yeah. it reminds me a little bit of but... like the uh, the uh, original lunar's cover on the sega cd where uh, <laughs> everybody's uh, uh, having yeah. a battle scene actually i yeah. think that was the disc art i don't think that was the actual cover art but... i just remember the, P- the playstation box just being lunar and i was like wow you had a much more interesting cover than i did or his face on the cd box that was about it <laughs> <laughs> kind of got me like it kind of tipped me off to the series so it was to into rpgs in general um uh i so like and then eventually it would um i i, I told you I, be, I beat three on ds i beat four on ds um, oh wow you, yeah the, you that four remake is yeah that four remake is evil it's it yeah it's a, a, maybe so maybe i had a, a bit of a bit of a trial by fire um <laughs> you broke in. I, I have actually. I remember the first the first time I beat four. Um, it was I was on the Zeromus fight, and um, he part he wiped almost my entire party with a big bang except for Kane, and and I thought I was gonna lose the fight. Kane, so I had Kane use jump like screw it, and then that actually won the fight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Freaked out. It was fun. I was gonna say, did you jump up and just start screaming? And everyone's like, why are you so excited, sir? <laughs> 
Kane's <laughs> income. Kane was there for you. In the I, I used to do that whenever I beat games. Now it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> the size of East Texas. <laughs> I have to start something new. But, but and, and from there, um, I think 13 came out, and then I played through the rest of the series in reverse order like that year. Oh, wow. It was, it was, it was I, I went from 13 to 12 to 10, 10, 2. And then, um, wow, it was, it was a, it was a busy year, but I yeah, bet they're not short at all. Yeah. Like 40 hours every time. Yeah. So, so 12 took me like two months. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was in school and I was like, on and off. Like I would like stop to just like grind, grind levels. Cause I, I, I didn't yeah. have to do a lot of hunts. The first time 12 and... Yeah. Well, 12 was a bit of a grind anyway, but yeah, that's insane that you played them all in a year. Like, whoa. Do you even do FF two? I, I I have I've never finished FF one or two. Those are the only ones okay, in the well, series. That, I think other, you're non MMOs. Yeah, I don't worry about that. Yeah, I think you earned your merits with three. Yeah, I was gonna say people say that about three, and you still went through it. So well done. I don't even but, know if I need to ask this, but Peter, at Final Fantasy X, does it hold up? <laughs> I think we know the answer. Yeah, I think it does. Um, the, the, <laughs> It's accessible and like, because like with the HD version especially, and now that they've patched it on PS4, like, yeah, the animation-wise, it's not like it's not the greatest, and the voice acting is kind of a, a very hit or miss, acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot of it actually is is actually pretty good, but it, it, yeah, it had kind of goes with the that was their first time like fully voicing a game. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. They put scripts in front of people who had never read those words before. That's for damn sure. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that video of um, James Arnold Taylor um, re- reading? He showed the script for the laughing scene. Yeah, it's it's a great video. Yeah, um, but like ten still has like it has one of the best uh, turn-based battle systems for sure ever. Oh yeah, um, I think I think the story is um, probably like. Uh, well, I think it's still one of my favorite like stories in the series, thematically, character-wise. It like it's, it just it just builds to something really special. Hmm. Um, the art style is re- bizarre but really striking. Um, sort of Okinawan infused, uh, ancient Okinawan uh, uh, architecture and yeah. setting, I suppose. Yeah, and like Final Fantasy X is one of the the games in the series where it is it has it is utterly bizarre and alien in a lot of ways but unlike later games in the series like 13 i think it manages to just it manages to just make it all work it feels very cohesive like, yeah it does. it's it's cohesive it, it carries itself with like the utmost assurance and it, it just and it, it just tells its story and it's 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 confident about it and it's that's one of those things where later ffs you'd get I'm not trying to be like ten was the last good one. It's not. I love. I've I've enjoyed games since then, but um, uh, it's is this, yeah. For some reason, ten ten just comes together really well for me. So. Yeah. Do you think it's the most accessible Final Fantasy, and what was it like the one you would point people towards? So, if, oh, I want to get into Final Fantasy. What's the first one I should play? Do you think ten probably, or which one? Yeah, I feel I feel like recently I've been pointing people towards fifteen, but um, yeah, 
But yeah. um, yeah, ten for the for like the classic games in the series. I'm like, yeah, I would say ten. It's again, it's available on like most platforms now, like most Sony platforms, and it's probably the easiest one as well, which is not discrediting at all. But if you want to do all the crazy difficult stuff, I mean, that's the sort of post game or super side quests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't beat any of those Dark Aeons when I tried. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Just had to go on no. a good Dar- game. Dark Yojimbo, like, ambushed me once in a cave, and I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I run into one by accident because I missed I missed the Besaid Sphere on the re- on the remaster, so ah, I had to yes. go all the way back to Besaid and Dark Val 4 and ambushed me, so I just got Yojimbo out and paid him, like, two million gil and was like, bye. That Mato time. <laughs> I was not messing around with that. Yeah, that's 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 rough. I actually didn't like Final Fantasy X at all when it came out. Um, I was playing it at the same time as um, I was playing the first Shadow Hearts, and I felt like that was a oh. superior game at the time. But the yeah. the HD remasters really brought me back around on it, and um, I played through I played through ten and a little bit of ten too on PS3 maybe two or three years ago and thought, wow, this is actually really brilliant in its simplicity. Like, that that battle system is kind of perfect for what it sets out to do. Uh, and mm. I was, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of the story, but it kept me hooked from beginning to end. So that that those remasters did a lot to like make me respect that game. It's a game that's aged quite well, I think, because yeah. I think a couple of other people on the staff have gone back to play it with the HD remasters and gone, oh, actually, they were really good games. And I think I didn't really appreciate Ten until I replayed it about seven or eight years ago. So I don't know why I did that. I'm not sure if it's because it's too sunny and bright and pretty and maybe I wanted at the time. I was just like, I want more grit. Now I don't. Hmm. But yeah, I'm not really sure why it took like a couple of us a while to get into it. But It was a pretty big yeah, and it's funny that Nine. You- so yeah, I possibly. Think maybe and... that was part of what it was for me personally. Yeah, because yeah, I think maybe for me as well because nine I hold very dearly and mm. high up. So yeah, it, it also wasn't the first FF to do a lot of things. I mean, we talked about the voice acting mm. and, and just in general, it was the first PS2 one. It was this. It was so hyped up. Yeah, and, and the I bizarre, do think a lot yeah. of people went into it and were just like, I mean, it's good. <laughs> but it's not the world, and Maybe then the... you go back to it, and you go, oh, you know what? It was a lot more charming than I thought, or the battle system, or you know, some people just get obsessed with Blitzball. Blitzball's great. Which yeah. was such an improvement to the the tarot card game from nine. Love it though, I do. I love Tetramaster, Although oh. Triple Triad is great, and Triple Triad and fourteen Tet- is great. The FF cycle is about as real as the Zelda cycle is, where the new game is always the worst thing ever until the next game. Yeah. Comes oh, <laughs> definitely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're seeing it now. We're going to see we... it again. It's. Hmm. Except for Skyward Sword. Everyone seems to hate that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Skyward that, Sword is still right, technically but... was the last new one. I don't know. When did um, A Link Between Worlds come out? Although oh, that is yeah. unitary. But weirdly that's enough, a funny that's case. the first. Yeah, because everyone's universally praised A Link Between Worlds. Oh, that's a perfect um, game, yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah. rather wonderful. Um, but it has Skyward Sword has really good dungeon. It has really good dungeon design, and it does. It's got a good water temple, so that is an automatic. Yeah, like how does how did that happen? And yeah, it, it's got issues. 
but I, I think it's still pretty good. But... Yeah. That, uh, off topic, the Zelda fanboy in the room will retreat to his... <laughs> <laughs> Fine. That's the cave. And uh and with the uh, with the Zelda fan vanquished. Uh Chris, let's hear from you. All right. So I guess first RPG that I I remember thoroughly was uh, and I I got through I, I was introduced to games through my brother, mostly my older brother. <clears throat> and the first major RPG was ironically cuz it's the 20th anniversary Diablo 1. I was six years old. The game blew my mind. It was, in a lot of ways, I think I didn't play Doom. I played Wolfenstein 3D. But it, I think it was that same effect that when you hear people talk about Doom and be like, oh, my God, and I was dodging the fireballs that were coming at me from you know the imps and whatnot. I remember playing Diablo for the first time and just being transported. I thought the soundtrack was so eerie and wonderful. And Diablo 1 was much more of a horror game than 2 and 3 in terms of how they designed it and sound design. And so as a six-year-old, I, I, was, I was horrified. And so yeah, my brother I and I <laughs> had to play. We always played together, and we had the weirdest thing. So basically, I would play the left hand and do potions and spells and abilities, and he would just worry about killing stuff and clicking on things till they died. <laughs> the left hand. <clears throat> we had a really good system. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's like if we were playing... Wolfenstein, I would do the cheat code MLI so that he would always be you know, regenerated and we can kill Mecha Hitler. That was kind of uh, our system. What happened to me the younger brother? But uh, I could never finish Diablo on my own. I could always get about halfway through on my own runs and then get too spooked out and just couldn't finish it. So the first RPG I finished was also my first console RPG, which was FF9. Okay. Yeah. And... I remember getting that at Christmas. I had never asked for it. I'd never played a Final Fantasy or really thought about them. I remembered the Final Fantasy IX posters in New York City in the subway, but that was about it. That was really all I knew about Final Fantasy. And then I remember putting in that first disc and just getting swept up in the story of kidnapping a princess. I thought the writing, at, I mean, at, you know, I was six for Diablo. I was 10 for FF9. I was really shocked at the quality of the writing and the script of that game. Yes, it gets you know a little crazy with its plot, but the fact that characters actually were speaking in decently well-written language with swearing that wasn't just superfluous, it made sense and everything else, I was really just hook, line, and sinker. I thought it was the greatest thing. And I can look back and be like, oh, the trance system was flawed, because it was... <laughs> But uh, I definitely do yeah. subscribe to an extent that, uh, especially when it comes to 7 through 10, whatever was, or even actually I would say 6 through 10, whatever was your first Final Fantasy of those ones really leaves a mark. And to me, Final Fantasy IX is by far my favorite in the series. I think it's an incredibly special, just mm. little gem of a game. And uh, yeah, I just, I really think the cast, while, you know, Amaret and others show up super late, and you don't get to know them as well as, uh, say, your main four of Steiner, Vivi, uh, the Princess Garnet, and Zidane. I think that cast is so dynamic. And the plot lines of each one and them kind of finding their peace in the world. I'm not going to say it's profound, but especially at age 10, having Vivi dealing with life or death and... Yeah. Perchance being an object versus yeah. an actual and gaining sentience versus, you know, 
actual living, breathing organism born with, you know, some kind of cognizance. I, I just loved all of that. And it was, you know, a lot of right time, right place. But I still replay that game every few years or at least start the first couple discs every few years because it's – there's a certain charm to that game. And I, it's even in that soundtrack that they oversimplified. They just would do a few instruments instead of orchestral. And I don't know. I, I love that game, as you can tell. I'm gushing it to it. the best uh, romance Tell me. of an EFF game. Sure does. I agree. Da- dagger, <laughs> da- dagger, dagger, and Zidane is is like that. Like, I'm sorry, FFA. Actually, charming. Uh, FFA F- is F- just so forced. I'm sorry, FFA, but yeah. making making Squall yeah. and Renoa your logo does not make your romance profound. <laughs> um, still, a better love story. Yeah, than I, I just wow. oh, yeah. love the summons. Love the summons. Yeah, oh, that. Oh, yeah. At nine. Oh. It's the ending to cool nine made me, made me made me very happy. I thought it was super. Yeah, just everything about it makes me makes me smile. Love yeah. the Chocobo mini game. Oh, I love, love finding that. Magnet. It's the most random place. All the Muggles just being like, I don't know what to do with the mail. It's cute. <laughs> like it. That's Appreciate so this game, people and out still, there. Stilt skin with his little gold coat. <laughs> He's Walking so proud around, to he's be just traveling. like buy things for like three hundred and thirty three gil and four hundred. You're gonna support me. Please Aww. support me. And that was kind of like the See, first time that we'd seen Moogles again since Final Fantasy Six. Yeah. I mean, there's that cameo in seven and they were missing from eight. So it was really charming to see yeah. them in such like a um forward facing role in nine. Yeah. And that was one of the lucky things, is since that was my first title when I then went back to six, four and a lot of the touchstones, it was easy to be like, oh, yeah, now I understand why people said it was a throwback. Yeah. Like, I see those yeah. those hallmarks yeah. of, you know, quote-unquote classic FF. Even though, you know, you're not choosing your parties, it's more like four and six and predetermined characters that hit your your archetypes. But, God, hmm. so much fun. And I did like that, even, even if some of those characters were underserved, the variety and how you could play, you know, doing the blue mage thing and eating characters with Queen Arkinta, <laughs> however oh. you say that damn name, Queen and Elf. going that really bizarre route, but you know, viable way of playing. And I know some people who just create nasty parties built around her strangeness. <laughs> yeah, there's a wonderful thing about Queen is blue magic and the fact that you can kill level sixty enemies when you're like level fifteen with her. It's glorious. It yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. You see, like you, Final Fantasy IX was my first Final Fantasy and I could gush about it for days. And Do just it. And like you said, when I went back and played seven, eight, six, four, three, I saw all of those little callbacks mm-hmm. and I think yeah, it's really right. it's clever. It's like nostalgic even though you've never played any of the other ones before and even going back and playing it like nowadays, even though it's slow, yes, the tr- like I don't have the Steam version, which I know speeds up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And the trance system is a pain in the backside because it's like, oh no, you're at full limit break. We're just going to change you. It's like, no, I don't want double white magic against a Moo or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't want it. I want it against, I don't know, an Iron Giant. But yeah, Final Fantasy IX is really special and simple. Like ten, it is so simple, but does everything so well. I think, and again, I yeah. think upon reflection, people have like initially people didn't like it because it wasn't seven, and because eight wasn't seven either. But yeah, um, and then they came back to it like ten years later and went, "Oh, hang on a minute, this is actually really quite good." 
So I love nine. I liked Talk it a about. lot at the time. Um, I'm kind of I'm ashamed to admit this is one of the few, um, you know, mid series Final Fantasies, and I never actually beat. Something always came up, and like I always yeah. ended up having to stop at Condé Petit. Oh. Like at one point, like I, you know, I moved to England, so so I oh, couldn't. Gosh, yeah. So I couldn't rent it anymore. Um, but I, um, it was the first thing I bought on PSN when I got my PS3. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've recently reinstalled it on my Vita, and um, I'm playing a little bit before bed each night. And I'm at Condé Petit, nice. so maybe I'll um, maybe I'll pass it this time. <laughs> awesome. But that game is just so charming. Um, I'm. It's really. So they're really all nice. yelling "Rally Ho" at you, and you're they like, are. "Okay, we're yeah. back here." <laughs> it's like I'm out. To... Everybody here has made me feel really old. Um, cause my my first RPGs are um, quite a quite a bit uh, quite a bit older than everybody else's. Um, there were Wizardry. <laughs> oh boy, I, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to stand that. Um, as a kid. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know. Um, my first yeah, there's two... some there's some weird things we put up with. Don't worry, I bet you would have. <laughs> uh, I I played two games very close uh, to each other, uh, and they were uh, Fantasy Star One uh, and mm. uh, and Ease One, uh, both on the Master System. Wow, um, damn! And um, like um, my dad is really involved in um, fantasy art uh, as an illustrator and a curator. Um, he used to put out this book called Spectrum every year. So, like, it would stand to reason oh. that, um, I don't know, this would be the kind of thing that he'd be interested in. And although my dad was interested in games, like, he really didn't want me to rent any RPGs as a little kid. I think he was afraid that, like, I'd grow up to be some kind of insufferable um, sci-fi fantasy nerd, which is the kind of thing that he hated. And I guess that is kind of what I grew up to be. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he eventually relented, um, and, <laughs> and we rented Fantasy Star um and seeing like the the scope of seeing the scope of this weird science fiction world and you know having interplanetary space travel it kind of showed me for the first time that games could be something more than like Mario or Contra so you know walking around mm-hmm. town and talking to these people and then having the screen transition to you know a first person view of of a street with a um with a, with a screen length um, person standing in front of you, talking to you, um, I found it all very impressive. Um, and I was, um, I was probably under five, so I was actually really scared by the first person dungeons. They kind of totally. had like this survival horror jump scare effect on me. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, I stuck with it. Three demons just pop out. You're like, no, why? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the battle animations in that game were so ridiculous. Like nobody ever really attacked you. There was like a, um, a uh, 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 there was like a vampire bat that just like did a backflip, or uh, a bat w- or a winged eyeball. I remember the winged eyeball was my favorite. Um, he just flap his wings and that would do damage. So everybody had these silly little animations that were never actually very violent, um, but <laughs> they were they were fun to see. Um, and um, ease one. Uh, on Master System was not a good port at all, but I I was really enticed on how you're just dropped into that world with no explanation. You just press start and you're in uh, Mania Town. There's no opening text scroll or anything. You're just there. You've got some money. You've got no items. Figure it out for yourself. Um, and that that port was so basic that you couldn't even load a save game from the title screen. You had to like start a new game and be dumped unceremoniously into this town and then pick to load your game from the menu. I felt like there was a lot of mystery there. Um, 
And <laughs> it was it was so easy to like you know just wander into a late game dungeon from very early on where you're not able to stand a chance against anything. Like I distinctly remember like walking into this mine shaft where everything was dark and then just getting hit by this this brain with tentacles that just killed me in one hit. And I was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" Um and I found that a little bit scary too. But like the both of those games really stuck with me as like you know, one had this this epic epic scale and the other, you know, had like maybe like this more kind of like Zelda 1 esque, you know, sense of uh discovery and you know, there's no hand holding. You are completely alone in this uh big hostile world. Now um slowly figure it out for yourself, which is maybe not the best way to start your game and I mean the the recent ease remakes on on Steam and PSP really fixed that. But um I remember it being very inspiring moments to me at the time. And um, uh, similar to Peter's story um, about Final Fantasy X and, and Seymour and Anima, um, I had the same moment with Zeromus in, in Final <laughs> Fantasy IV. Uh, um, I, I went over, because I, yeah. I was a Sega kid, so we didn't have any Nintendo hardware for probably until maybe I was about 11 or 12. Um, I went over to a friend's house from, uh, from daycare who was um, showing me the final battle of uh of final fantasy four and seeing seeing Zeromus fill up the screen and use the big bang i was like oh my god what is this this is amazing and that kind of <laughs> kind of brought me over to uh knowing that final fantasy was something i needed needed to have in my life i ended up ended up getting it's, six a few years later <laughs> i think it's something about of... watching someone get utterly destroyed <laughs> yes yes play it. <laughs> it's like i'm gonna do this better than you do it <laughs> Because Sega has been kind of largely on and off abandoned with RPGs. Like they've had like Fantasy Star was obviously really like I've never played a Fantasy Star game and I need to. Mm. But like Fantasy Star was like their first it's kind of their only series maybe that they've had consistently. I mean they've had games on and off like Alex Kidd. Alex Kidd, yeah, Alex Kidd. Yeah, geez, I've not played that for ages. Um. But, like, they've not really had a really standout RPG for a long time. And it's nice, like, that you started off with Sega. Because Fantasy alongside Dragon Quest and RPGs. Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's, like, one of the first ones. Um, but they also, like, are a bit different. So, like, they're sci-fi. And then we've got, like, these fantasy giants on, like, Nintendo consoles. I do wish Sega would pay attention to more RPGs. Because they made some really good ones. I don't, know. They just, I don't know, maybe put some of their remasters on Steam. Like that, that PS2, the pair of PS2 remakes they did of, of Fantasy Star 1 and 2 were both pretty breathtaking. Yeah. Um, it would, it oh, would yeah. have been nice to have seen those in English, but alas. Yeah, it would have been. You know what? I have Fantasy Star 4, so I should probably play it at some point. Oh, it's the good um, one. The really good one. It's the really good one. But, like, I always. But I always did kind of get the impression that Fantasy. That Star Ocean kind of stole Fantasy Star Thunder. Um, I, like I kind of expected Fantasy Star from Star Ocean, and I didn't get it. Yeah, but like, but like in yeah. terms of like pop, the when people when people think that's, of that's a weird thing to do. The sci-fi JRPG, I feel like Star Ocean gets brought up more often than Fantasy Star. Yeah, um, well, rather unfairly because yeah, well, I don't uh, know, it's, it's maybe... still contemporary. Whereas single-player Fantasy Star is, you know, we haven't seen one of those for twenty years. 
But like I've always wanted Shadow that. Run. <laughs> that was a great one. Sorry, that was my contribution. Yeah, Shadowrun is a ton of fun. It was just it always made me it was always weird to me that the Genesis Shadowrun is an entirely different game than the SNES one. Oh, yeah. They're both quote unquote RPGs. It's a very oh, strange they thing. All. Yeah, but that Genesis version, it's it's kind of tabletoppy. It's really odd. Yeah, whereas the the SNES one is like a you found something in the locker. What do you do next? And you're like, oh god, it's a mystery. <laughs> it's kind of point and click um, adventure slash yeah, whereas, RPG in a way. Whereas the uh, yeah that Genesis one was, you walk outside and everyone's trying to kill you. Survive. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Yeah, there was but a, yeah, it was always there was sci-fi a, RPGs. There was a Sega CD one that um, we never yeah I never played it by yeah. a compile. It came out long after the Sega CD was dead in Japan. Um, apparently it's it's broken like magic doesn't work at all so, and you've got you know it's more of a JRPG <laughs> so you've got a mage who's just useless for the entire game nice <laughs> yes <laughs> oops nice I always wanted to play that uh, yeah Sega CD has some too bad that that's such a hard piece of hardware to hunt down but I mean that has some classic classic games for RPGs it's just too bad it was relegated to the CD instead of you know, the actual console. Like all the Lunars and all the rest of it before they got moved over. Yeah. I'm all, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I will always champion Snatcher. Yeah, I, I mean, oh. you actually, you've played it, and they say, that's a game. I, one day, one day, I will get to. Yeah, it's, it's unmissable. <sighs> well, that's me, I suppose. Um, I, Fantasy Star 1, I would... I wouldn't recommend playing through it. I would recommend having a look at it and just seeing how how bizarre and how standoutish it is against uh, its 80s JRPG contemporaries because um, there's really nothing else like it. I mean, there were a few Japanese Famicom games that kind of tried to tried to steal uh, what it did, um, like um, this game Starfield of Memorable Relics, but like none of those games really... You know, they were, they really felt like pale imitators. Where whereas Fantasy Star, you know, felt like something very special that is you know, largely unplayable today. Um, Ease, on the other hand, I mean, you've got so many great ways to play the first two Ease games now. Um, the the PSP and the Steam versions are um, beautiful and identical. So you know, whether you want to play that at your desk or on the go, um, either way is is a wonderful way to experience both of it, both of those, and I would definitely recommend doing so. Well, I guess um, I guess that's a pretty good place for us to wrap up. Uh, unless, there's, <laughs> unless, there, unless there's any objections or any anything else anybody wants to add. No, just thank you very much. It's always fun to kind of go down memory lane, especially happy memories. Oh yeah, these are definitely fun. happy memories. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well. Um, you know us. This has been uh, this has been Retro Encounter. Uh, next week we will be having uh, the first of a couple of uh, roguelike episodes. Uh, I'm not sure at the moment whether that's going to be uh, Binding of Isaac or Rogue Legacy. I guess check back next week. That will be uh, and you will find out. Uh, but um, <laughs> in February, uh, our uh, illustrious uh, our illustrious uh, head of reviews and um, uh, soon to be host Alana will be taking us through Shadow Hearts Covenant. One of her uh, personal oh, yeah. favorites. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I look forward I to that, that as game. well. Yeah, I love that game. It's so dumb, but so good. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm excited really to hear about it because I've never played. Oh, you should check it out then. It's really sad because it's quite expensive in America. Yes. But yeah, I'm yes, like here. Sorry. Well, bully for you. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah, no, it's it's quite cheap over here, which is yeah. quite strange for. I don't know. Maybe it's all the shenanigans in Europe. <laughs> there are some there's some specific games that just had a much bigger following in Europe than they did in uh, stateside, and so it's for some reason easier to get copies of. It's always random too, like mm. Shadow Hearts. It's maybe one of those examples. I wonder if that's <laughs> part of why it's more available, but. It's got an eBay, 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 eBay. Yep. Well, um, Alana, if people want to interact with you, how how can they do so? Oh well, you can email the podcast at retroencounterrpgfan.com, or you can tweet me at, at Alana Hagues, or I'm diving falcons on the board, so shoot me a message. Chris, how about you? I'm at Chris Gebauer. And you can you can go to my website and tell me I'm stupid. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dom, where can where can people get in touch with you? Uh, well, um, I'm mainly on the forums. Uh, uh, it's DH Caddy. Uh, that's my forum tag. And uh, I don't think I have a RPG fan email set up yet. But uh, you can just contact me at my personal email, which should be on the site. Okay. Nice, Peter. Um, I'm at at I have fury on Twitter. Uh, that's also my handle on the boards. Um, <laughs> it entertains me every goofy. time I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have fury <laughs> on Twitter. And 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 so yeah, get in touch with me. Uh, it's uh, especially if you have news related questions or just want to want to correct my uh, my atrocious uh, proofreading because. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Keep we, me in line. We appreciate you. Aww. Yes, we do. Thanks. Appreciate it. Make things happen. Well, uh, finally, you can find me on the boards as Towns Car Marty, or you can uh, follow me on Twitter at MisanthroBob. And uh, if you want to talk old games, uh, I'm your man. <laughs> <laughs> I have played some old games. I just came to them a lot later. But... It's okay. Okay. It's okay, Grandpa. We got you. Folks, we've been Retro Encounter. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check back next week, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. <laughs>